Today uh, is the 24th, uh, and I hope you are all ready and you're not waiting for one more delivery because there are still deliveries going on, but I hope you have everything together and you're all ready to just enjoy the presence of the King. I I'm very, really am grateful for those of you that have come today that are, that, that are not regulars here and you've just decided to take time. I have this habit. Um, I, I love the book of Proverbs, and, and so I always start with a proverb, and today I picked one, a couple of verses out of chapter 24, same as the date. Okay, verses three and four says, A house is built by wisdom and becomes strong through good sense. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled and with all sorts of precious riches and valuables. That's a good one. There is something so special about the birth of a baby. I mean, I mean when you have a baby um, in your own family for the very first time or any subsequent time, it's a big deal. Um, if, you're, if it's an extended family, or if, like, if you're like me, if you're a grandparent, I've got one grandchild and another one on the way. I'm so juiced about that. I mean, it's, and it's not just cool and fun, but it's miraculous in every way. There's just there's no, there's nothing, biology just can't explain it. You can understand something about it, but there's something miraculous that, um, that, that any person ever gets born, and they're a living, breathing, loving human being. And, um, and that's what the Christmas story is about. It's miraculous in every way. There is a, a, a passage in the Old Testament in a book called Psalms that um, I love, and it talks about this a little bit, just a couple of verses. And I'm going to be in, in a couple of different scriptures. We're not going to take too long here, but we're going to toss them up on the wall so you can follow along if you didn't bring your Bible. Um, starting in verses 16 and 17 of Psalm 139, Here's, here's a person that's prophesying. He's actually praying. So he's talking to God here. And he says, Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they are all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. That scripture's talking about the fact that the Lord was building us, putting us together in our mother's womb. The Lord was putting us together. In fact, the word, if, it, if you literally translate it, translated that word fashioned, it's, it's the same word as knitted. So <laughs> picture God in heaven. I don't think he's actually knitting, but he's, he's putting together the pieces that would make who you are, your qualities, your strengths, even some of your weaknesses, because he'll use those too. And the Lord is making deliberate decisions about you as he was forming you in your mother's womb. And then he looks at your days. And he sees every one of the days of your life before a first one started. He sees them all. I, I find peace in that. that um, and it doesn't scare me that there's actually a number that heaven knows and I don't. In fact, I don't want to know my number, but it's okay because I know that God sees every one of those days. Something peaceful about that. Verse 17, how precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. Now, if you think that God is busy because there's a lot of people well, that's probably true, but the Lord is good at multitasking, way better than any of us. And you're not just somewhere on a list in heaven. You're in the Lord's heart and mind. This scripture says he's thinking about you. In fact, he thinks about you so much that the number of thoughts he has about you, it's a huge number. Did you know that? That the Lord thinks about you like that. It's, it's pretty wonderful. And uh, I really believe that the Lord has been planning, excuse me, planning his best for you, and, and, and loves you like crazy. 
Um, I asked, maybe I have the ushers come now, and they're going to pass out um, these treats. This is just something for you to, you know, eat while you're at church. I don't have popcorn for you, sorry, but this is a winter theme. It's a kit for building a snowman, but you don't have to build it. You can just eat it as you go. Be careful um, and have, I think there's carrots in there if you don't really don't want the good candy stuff like I would want. So anyway, I, I want to start with a Christmas story, and I've asked a friend of mine if he wouldn't read it for us, and his name is Linus. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God. And saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I grew up on that version of the Christmas story, and uh, I love it. And um, there are lots of different translations, but I, I, I love that one. But I want to read to you um, directly out of the word from a different translation, so you can follow along. There were some shepherds in that part of the country who were spending the night in the fields taking care of their flocks. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone over them, and they were terribly afraid. So an angel shows up, something's glowing, it's scary. You, you might think you're a tough guy, okay? But these guys, their legs were doing this kind of thing, and it was scary. They didn't know what was going on. It was pretty freaky. freaky. And verse 10 says, But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I'm here with good news for you, which will be great, bring great joy to all the people. Verse 11, This very day in David's town, your Savior was born, Christ the Lord. And this is what will prove it to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. <laughs> Suddenly a great army of heaven's angels appeared with the angels, singing praises to God. Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth, to those with whom he is pleased. Did you catch that distinction? I think if you go into Hallmark, you mostly will see something that says, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. And although that is, a, that is a correct translation, when you study the translation out and find out what it actually says, it says, glory to the, those it, with whom he is pleased. Another translation, NIV says, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Wow, is that right? Really, Terry, he's... He favors. This scripture is telling you that the peace of God doesn't rest on everyone everywhere. Did you know that? All you have to do is turn on the news, and you will know that peace, the peace of God doesn't rest on everybody everywhere. Why is that? Is, is it because God plays favorites? I, I don't think so. I think, I think that there's a reason, and it's pretty simple. People reject his, his, his peace. They literally refuse his peace. Kids, it's like, like if, um, if you have... Um, your favorite Barbie doll, and you're going to give it to your friend. The Lord has said to you, give your Barbie doll away. So you think, okay, and you take the Barbie doll, and you go, and you knock on the door, and your friend opens the door, and you say, hey, you know what? I want you to have my Barbie doll, and you lay it on the porch. 
and she says to you, I don't want that one. I want the one with the kung fu grip. And they close the door in your face, and they've refused your gift. So what do you do? You pick the Barbie up, and you go home brokenhearted. You wanted to give it away, but they wouldn't accept the gift. And that's like the peace of God. There are people that literally reject the peace of God. In fact, I, you know, I, I, think, I think sometimes all of us do. Sometimes I do, and it's silly, and, 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 and there's reasons why that happens. They reject it, and his peace is supernatural. It's better than any peace you can come up with. And here's the other thing. It's beyond. It goes beyond what you think. It goes beyond your ability to reason it out in your mind. It's not the kind of peace that you get because you look at all of the, the circumstances and go, well, this will work out because I've had experience with this before. It's the kind of peace that says, doesn't make any sense. This is scary. The doctors have said this thing to me, or my wife has said this thing to me, or the, my boss has said this thing to me. My life is coming apart at the seams, and somehow the peace of God gets in there and says, hey, circumstances are difficult, but have peace, because I'll get you to the other side of this. And so you have peace. It's supernatural beyond your understanding. It's really, really a wonderful thing. But most, most people at some time reject it, and some people reject it continuously. It doesn't make sense. I think what we do, what we want to tend to do, is control. Like, I think somewhere between age two and three, children become aware of the fact that they're different than their parents, and then they start to exert that independence. You know what I'm talking about? And it's a normal, healthy thing that children have to do. They've got to figure out, I'm different. I'll make my own decisions. No carrots. No carrots is going to go in there. And you can jam them in there, but they're staying in those pouches until bedtime. They're not going to go down. And, um, and we, we really don't ever, ever completely get away from that. So if something's going on in our lives. We want to figure out on our own how do we control. How can I make my life get to a place of peace? And many times, it's not within our reach. That's when we need this, this peace. And God wants to give it, but we have this deal. I'm, I'm just going to give you a little plug. I'm going to be talking about this topic on January 4th, about how we can get off the control treadmill. And so that's all I'll say about that. But anyway, God gives supernatural peace. And sometimes we need that, or we won't have any peace at all if we don't have supernatural. And that's what was going on with Joseph. Joseph was, was betrothed to Mary. Now, what that means is different than engaged. In our culture, if you're engaged, and something goes sideways in your engagement... Well, you can just call it off. I mean, that's what we do in this culture. But it was different in their culture. An engagement was taken very, very seriously, this, this betrothal. The only way to back out of a betrothal like this was there were two ways. You could file the actual legal divorce, or you could die. In fact, if you were betrothed and one of the two people died, the other survivor was considered a widow or a widower. It was really taken seriously. So here's Joseph. He's betrothed, not quite married yet, but more than an engagement. And he gets this phone call. Hey, doesn't, she doesn't want to send him the text message. Uh, hey, Joe, we got to talk. I'm pregnant, but it's by God. Okay, now you're Joseph, and you're thinking, hold on, what? What did you just tell me? And everything you'd planned is now caving in around your ears and your legs. You, 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 you have no idea how you're... You don't know what you wanted. This is terrible. Your life is caving in. Joseph needed something better and beyond. So here's where we go. Matthew 1, uh, verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David... 
Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Now, the next part of this scripture, um, this is Matthew writing here. He's quoting a guy named Isaiah, who was a prophet, and what Isaiah was prophesying he had written down 500 years before this point. So, so Isaiah is predicting what's going to happen. And he says, he says the virgin will, give, will be with a child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. And by the way, if you believe that the Bible cannot be proven, I want to tell you that there are hundreds of points in the Old Testament where the future was predicted to the day and date to the day and date, and they came out exactly as described. And so this is just one example of many, many, many places in the scriptures where something was predicted. And uh, way, way, way too many to be coincidence. Way too many. Anyway, um, which out? verse 24. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Somewhere in that process, God put supernatural peace into Joseph. Unless he was willing to receive it, unless he was willing with faith to trust and believe, he could have never had that peace. I don't know if I could have done it. I probably couldn't have done it. Joseph was probably a a number of very small handful of people who have ever lived that would have taken that kind of a terrible news and decided to trust and believe and let the Lord do something miraculous. And the result is Jesus. And here's the thing. Mary and Joseph were teenagers. Here I am, uh, you know, older. (laughs) (laughs) And I would not have had the kind of faith that I know that these people had when they were teenagers. It's pretty amazing. So for, um, for us to underestimate the size of faith that young people might have is a huge mistake. Don't, don't do that. Don't make that. Anyway, so, so here they are, and the Lord puts this, this peace upon Joseph. And, and, but there's something in the story. I'm, I kind of, you know, I'm a little bit of a nerd, okay? <laughs> Maybe more than a little bit of a nerd. So I, I see things, and I go, wait a second. Um, what's the deal here? Because, you know, Joseph is given instructions by the angel. He is to call him Jesus. And Isaiah mentions they we'll call him Emmanuel. What's the difference between the two names? Well, the name, um, the, the two names, the, the name Jesus literally is translated Savior. And Joseph, you will call him Savior. This is, a, this is the Holy Spirit speaking and saying, the relationship is personal. The rela- relationship to the Savior is a personal one. Isaiah is, is making a comment about a corporate. They We'll call him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. So everyone pretty much in our society would say, yeah, we get who Jesus is. He was God. He came. And we all agree. That's who he is. And that's a completely different place to be than um, to be in the personal place where we're saying, Jesus is my Savior. Do you get the distinction? There are two levels of, of understanding of relationship with God. One is you know who he is. You know about him. The other is you know him to be your savior. You know the fact that apart from his love for you, his sacrifice, and the gift he tries to give, there's no way you could be right with God. And so that's what's being described here, the difference between, between those two relationships. The scary thing 
is that you can know about God and think that's enough when it isn't. Relationship with him is what's going to be required for eternity to get into heaven. So anyway, that's a, that's a great question. I'm not going to go anywhere beyond that just to ask you the question, do you know him as Savior? And, um, and, and here's, this, here's, here's the deal. There's a place later in scriptures where, where Jesus is having a conversation. He's praying. And we get to eavesdrop because it was written down. So here's this, this, this more than a chat. It's a conversation. Jesus is praying, and he's talking about this very topic. So here's Jesus talking uh, in John chapter 17. For I gave them the words you gave me. He's talking to God the Father. And they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. So God's talking about the fact for people who follow him, he's praying for Christians. Now catch this. I am not praying for the world, but those you have given me, for they are yours. Did you realize that Jesus, in this, this is, he's not praying for all of the lost people. He's praying for those who will open their heart to him. It's amazing. And that's really the reason that the church is here at all, is to help us find our way to Jesus. I, um, I, I hope that something, if you don't know Jesus, that somehow in these moments, the Holy Spirit, I know is speaking to people and saying, let's get this thing settled about eternity and let's just do it right now. Because no one knows what tomorrow may hold. If you've never ever made a decision that I need him to be not the God who is here, but I need him to be my savior, to save me, to set my place in eternity forever. You should do that. And here's, here's the deal. You can't get there by, by joining a church, by putting money in the offering, by helping somebody across the street. You cannot get there by doing and being good. I'm not going to take the time to give, give you the theology on it tonight. It's there. It's, it's a different place. Um, the only way you can do that is to receive it as a gift given by God, same way we talked about peace. And the scriptures talk about the fact that Jesus, Jesus offers and people have to choose to receive. So I would encourage you to do this. If you want to open your heart to the Lord, make a decision to do that. You just say, I've I, I got to get this right with God. I need to be right with God. And then tell somebody. You don't have to do it right now, but sometime in the next day or two, say, hey, you know what that crazy guy up front was saying, get things right with God. I decided to do that, so I opened my heart, and now I'm waiting to see what Jesus is going to do, but I want to be right with God, and you made the decision. Tell somebody. And the reason is scriptural. You should do that. It'll help you for tomorrow. So, so um, I want to pray over you, and, and we're going to light candles in just a moment, but I want to say this as well. Um, when you leave today, there will be some friendly, smiling person at the door, and they're going to hand you a gift, and it's just a CD, and I want each family to have one of those. Make sure you take one of those home with you. Um, um, but let me pray for you, and then we're going to um, we're gonna play with fire, right? Okay, the part all the guys have been waiting for, okay? And then we can go on to Grandma's house and have fudge and all that good stuff. Okay, so, Lord, thank you so much for the fact that your love really can't even be measured or calculated is so deep. I thank you, God, that tonight, the night that we commemorate the, 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 your birth, that something can birth in our hearts, that something miraculous can happen in our lives, not because of who we are, not because of what we do, but because of who you are and what you've done. We thank you, Lord, that more than anything, you loved us so much that you came and paid a price for us. That really will make it be a Merry Christmas. In Jesus' name. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. You all should have a candle. Got your candles out. 
Now, if you have little ones with you, I need you to be careful to um, help them succeed at this next bit because you don't want to light themselves or the person in front of you on fire or cover them with wax, right? Okay, so a couple of things about candle etiquette. Here's how this works. Watch this. This is how you're going to light your candle. Now, Lisa and I will come down the aisles and we'll light the edge and then you pass the light on. So here's how it's going to work. This is the, so, so, so the, the, the flame source goes up. You take your unlit candle from the side and you put the wick there and it grabs the light and then you immediately do this and you hold it up and down. Now the wax won't drop on the person next to you or light their head on fire, right? Okay. <laughs> so let's show them that, honey. Well done. Okay. So we're going to come and light your candles. God bless you. Okay, be careful. great so far so um, this is not just a fun thing to do but look at how beautiful this is right and I know there are a lot of cliches about uh, you know what bless that little wood it's hard having a little wood and sitting in an adult service right 
Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, though. That's you know, one of our children. We love them like crazy. It's okay. There's so many cliches, you know, we could say about this, and I guess I'm going to fall into it a little bit. Jesus is the light of the world, but do you know that almost all of the love that Jesus shares with people in the world comes through other people? That when you love on someone around you and you decide to share your love with them, with Jesus' love, you are the vessel through whom his love flows. And I want to encourage you that this Christmas, that you all just be a little more available to what the Holy Spirit might do and believe that the, whole, <laughs> that the Holy Spirit can fill you with something of his love. Everybody hold your candle up. Merry Christmas. Okay, now, I'm going to give you a little more etiquette, okay? So when we blow these out, you have to be careful. You don't blow wax into the head of the person in front of you. Or, if you're really a stud, you do this. Okay? Now, make sure that you greet a couple of people on your way out the door. Go ahead and extinguish your candles. And make certain that as you go, you say and you mean it. Merry Christmas to you all. <laughs>